action commences tonight with a wonderful bout. First of all, in the corner to my right, Rocky Stone. His opponent, he is Brad Ringen. Brad Ringen. Tom extends the hand. Ringens offers his. We're ready to get underway on this epic night of professional wrestling. Welcome to the Wrestling House Show. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. My name is Joey. My name is Chris. All right. It is time for Super Sunday 1983, the American Wrestling Association of Minnesota. <laughs> very good. Is it from Minnesota? I guess, yeah. It's a it Minnesota-based yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, this is April 24th, 1983, coming to you from St. Paul, Minnesota, from the St. Paul Auditorium, I think. I think that's what he said. That's about right, yeah. yeah. It was a... Uh, there's rod- no, there's literally no hype going into the show. Yeah. Now, of course, as as you know, when we do these WWE official network reviews, there's there's no... If there was an opening on the closed circuit, which there probably was I'm sure something, was. Uh, it's not on the network. Yeah. They probably used licensed music and they probably didn't want to mess with it. Yeah. The show, when, once you hit play, as you might see if you watch the mm-hmm. show, and we'll tell you whether or not you're wasting your time by watching the show <laughs> yeah. during the next uh, half hour or so is it just goes in and it's literally they're in the ring the combatants in the first two match already in the ring yeah the jobber entrance as we call it right and mean gene is already announcing you know the participants so there's there's no fireworks there's just nothing yeah there's no there's no <laughs> graphics yeah there, there's there, i take that back there's a couple later on in the show they do some cuts to later on in the night apparently and there's a there's a wipe you see and that's the only edit in the entire thing that's the only video graphics in the entire thing is like this blue line as it does this really cheesy 80s like expanding wipe i barely even noticed that you're very film school now at this yeah. point aren't you <laughs> yeah i guess so I, I you better be of those things yeah but yeah like you said it's mean gene okerlund or just gene okerlund i guess sure. yeah. as the ring announcer and rod trugard right yeah Trung- trungard trungard you said about as good as he said brad ring yeah, right rod trungard on the call <laughs> So it's just one guy in the booth for this. And like you said, it just starts right away. And the first match, we'll get right into it, is Rocky Stone versus, as you said, Brad Reingen or Ringen. Or Ringus or yeah, Rangus or Ragunanus. And we're not doing that to be funny. Like, that. Gene called him one name and Rod called him the other name. So they that, couldn't match up the pronunciation of his last name. Exactly. It, it looks like Reingen to me. Mean Gene, not so much a ring announcer, is he? He's an interviewer because. Yeah. Well, I don't like him as an interviewer either. I know so. you don't, but it, <laughs> he was fine in this show. Yeah, but like on on the ring announcing portion, he sounded very unsure of himself a lot early on. It's like he yeah. had stage fright somehow, yeah. which is odd. Or maybe he just they just hired him and he just walked into the building. And was like, all right, let's do this, and because you could see him, you could see someone handing him notes every time. Through, yeah, every it's time. It's like they had a stenographer at ringside, right? <laughs> right. So obviously he didn't he didn't prepare. It didn't look like for, or he didn't have time to prepare, or whatever. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere, right, Gene? <laughs> all right. So any decent show has a good strong opener. Uh, would you say that this was a strong opener? For what it, what the kind of show you're expecting to see? I does it set the tone? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, this is an early '80s show, and they can go either way. I think, 
And in this match, you had Brad Reinigan, who's in... Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Just want to see how far we can take How this. many different pronunciations we can And have. how many letters yeah. we could use. It's almost like Scrabble. Right. See how many letters you can get on the board. He's got the singlet on with the, the, the red, white, and blue on it. He's The a, Olympic uh, logo on the yeah, back. He's he, official. Right. He is a experienced amateur and um, has many accolades in Ooh, his yeah. amateur career. Oh, yeah. Against Rocky Stone, who's just a wrestler guy. Yeah, from my hometown, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Because there's not a whole lot of them. I, I think that might be the first time I heard a wrestler announce as being from my hometown. Oh, so really? Right on. <laughs> so, so he's now your new favorite. Wrestler. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, uh, he was. Uh, he did not leave any kind of impression on me. Not so much. Yeah, he was just very average, very of his time. Yeah. And '83 seems like it is almost kind of like what popular culture is in the '80s, anyway. This is where the tone starts being set for the decade because you do see early rumblings of it on this show yeah. in a pre-WrestleMania world. Right. And we're setting the tone for the 80s and you can see it on the show that the, the older guard is going down and the newer guys are coming up. And yeah, it's easy to see this in retrospect, obviously, yeah. but... That's the that's a lot of what I got out of this show. It's, yeah, it's an interesting show to watch if you're a wrestling historian. Right. But yeah, this opening match, uh, Brad Ringus. That's about <laughs> as good as it's gonna get. I think that I don't think there's an S in there. I think at the end there is. Yeah, no, it's Ringus. Yeah. Or is it Ringus? I, I don't know. Bassinger. <laughs> Basing. But uh, and, 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 uh, who's the play-by-play guy again? <laughs> Rod Trungard. And Rod Trungard. Uh, if I'm even saying that right, no, no. he. He's from the Gordon Sully school, so it's going to be called a souffle all night. Right. <laughs> I realize it's souffle, but yes. man, that's that is annoying to me. <laughs> really, <laughs> I don't is. mind it so much. It's 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 archaic. It's like listening to your grandfather talk. You know, it's that kind of thing to me. Yeah, where they replace letters with other letters right. from actual because they spelled things differently back yeah. in those days. Oh, telephone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, but, uh, but as far as this match goes, I think it was okay. Like Brad Reinigan, Reinigan. Brad was he had some good moves in him. He did a lot of uh, Olympic amateur style takedowns, and he controlled this match like from the start. Yeah. And Rocky Stone, in the middle of it, he got some pro wrestling offense, which means he cheated and yes. he used the uh, turnbuckles a lot uh, with the pad still on it. Yeah. Like you were, you love to to point out, it's like there's a pad on it. Yeah, well, it's not just that. It's like the referee was yelling at him like yeah. he was using the bolt. Oh, not yeah. using the bolt at all. Yeah, but it's clearly Brad, to the center was, of the turnbuckle. But Brad was out on the apron and he was all over the ropes. So, yeah. yeah. He deserved to get yelled at. Yeah. The, the best guy to ever do that to keep a guy out of the ring is always going to be Jimmy Jam Garvin because he'd wait for the guy to duck his head through the first and second rope. Yeah. And he'd come at him with a running knee off the other rope. <laughs> and the guy would just. Won't follow the floor again. <laughs> Russ, like, why did you do that? He's like, why wouldn't I do that? <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna just keep repeating myself. I say, yeah, it's a decent opener. I've I've seen way worse. Yeah, it was fine. I, I think because it was pretty short match and it was extremely simple, but it was well done enough. Yeah. You know, it was a crowd good, seemed to like it. Yeah, it was a good one. Well, they booed a lot, but <laughs> oh, well, they they booed because it was so weirdly done. This whole thing, like. Yeah. It was like, I've been watching a lot of the old Nitros lately, because I'm trying to watch them in order, because eventually there will be an end. <laughs> so, yeah. it's not like watching Raw from season one was like, this is... <laughs> this is the song that never ends. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm doing the Nitros, and they're having Gene 
interview people post-match a lot. I never realized yeah. how much he did it oh, until really? just now. But this is what he's doing on this show as well, so yeah. I'm kind of getting that whole thing. But it would be like if you were watching Nitro, and then while he's interviewing the winner of the match, they just start bringing out the next contestants. Oh, yeah. And so the crowd reacts to the people coming down the aisle, right? which is the weirdest thing because it's like you're really supposed to be helping put over this guy who just won yeah and now you kind of just hit the reset button you yeah. know so ring it ring it in is uh <laughs> being wrangled by mean gene for an interview yeah and then uh he's the baby face and all of a sudden you hear booze and gene has to actually explain to brad why the booze are happening yeah. it's a whole thing yeah so what does that lead into? What, what match does that lead <laughs> well, into? Well, that leads right into next out is Steve Regal, uh, but not Lord Steve Regal, I guess. Right. It's not the Regal that we are more familiar with, I would yes. say. It's the flamboyant American Steve yeah, Regal. it's not the guy that turned into William Regal. No. And he is going up against rock and roll Buck Zumhoff, who I knew nothing about going into this match and i believe after the match i let you know all about yeah. rock and roll buck zoom off so that being said i don't really feel much like uh reviewing the any kind of technical aspect or shine mm. he might have in this match and uh yeah that's it for me i'm tapping out on buck zoom off go right. google him if you really care but it's a terrible story yeah they you're almost better off. I mean, obviously now your curiosity factor is there, but yeah, you just launched a, a thousand Google searches. Yeah, um, if you're familiar with the Jesus and the Big Lebowski, oh, okay, yeah. that route. Okay, most people will get that reference. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. So, little end of episode spoiler here. Bottom of the list <laughs> on principle. It's not even that great of a match. I anyway. was gonna say, like, just for my, I'm not gonna go into the match because it's not really worth going into. There's not much to it really. Yeah. Uh, the match before this was better, and it was it wasn't a whole lot of match in that either. So yeah. yeah, it's it's all right, but I wouldn't ever watch this match again, not knowing what I know now. So you didn't even need that on and, the yeah. So, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I, no I worries. Apologize. No worries. Now I know if I ever see, I don't think I'll ever come across a zoom pop match again. But I don't know. oh I'm yes, not. you will. Oh really? Super Clash. Oh okay. I think he, I think he's at least on Super Clash three. All right. But that has a lot of good wrestlers in it. So he might make it once again to the bottom of the list. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And it, it even bugs me that he ever even wrestled for the great world-class championship wrestling. Mm. It's like AWA I can kind of ignore to yeah. a point. But, man, at some point he will darken my door a few times going through the vault. <laughs> Very sad. Mm. Why don't you... Uh, I, I realize mm. that nobody is ever going to be cut off the network. And that's cool. Yeah. To I a wouldn't... very high... A barometer of that's cool that you did that but yeah. i wouldn't be upset if they just cut his stuff off uh i'm, <laughs> kind, of, me, I'm kind of on the other side like mm -hmm. i i wouldn't want them to that's, mess with the show because of it yeah but, it's censorship i i, I understand that eh, not even that so much just keeping because anyway you're bringing more attention story. to it by yeah you'd bring more attention to it by deleting it yeah. and i okay I, I i see your point now chris you're always good at convincing me on, <laughs> i barely said anything all right let's move on away from this i think we talked about this section of the show too much yeah uh the next match up third match on the card is john tolos yes. pronouncing that right yes all right Versus King Jerry Lawler, as he was announced. What is Tolis's nickname that uh, they were they gave him? The uh, it's like the the Greek. Oh, the, uh, the Golden Greek. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Meanwhile, he just looks like Vern Gagne. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's right. like, yeah, he ah. did, yeah. Yeah. But, and uh, those of you in the know, if you are 80s, 90s, old school fans, there was a very brief period where John Tolis was the coach who was the guy that succeeded Bobby Heenan as Mr. Perfect's manager. And we'll get to it at some point here. But the SummerSlam 91 match, that classic mm. that Perfect had with Bret Hart, John Tolis was the manager in that match. That's like uh, the one yeah. thing that you're always going to see him in because everybody needs to see that yeah. match. I remember the coach. Like when you said the yeah. coach, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just didn't recognize him without the stupid whistle. Yeah, exactly. And that hat yeah. and the sunglasses. Exactly. So without all that, he apparently looks like Vern Gagne. Yes, he is a golden Greek. <laughs> yeah, and uh, rock star Jerry Lawler here, I mean, uh, who's right. on a roll at this point. Yeah. He's done the Kaufman feud, still getting tons of, uh, you know, attention from they that. Were talking He's... about his Letterman appearance on, like, during this match and after <laughs> During it. his ring entrance, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you might have, you might recognize Mr. Troy yeah. McClure Lawler right. from such things as mm-hmm. a late show with David yeah. Letterman. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, and so... I see Lawler, so I'm like, okay, the show's picking up, finally. Yeah. Let's let's go for it. Yeah. And it was an okay match. It was completely one-sided. Uh, yeah, Jerry kinda Lawler kind of beat the crap out of John Tolis. Like, yeah. He did like the side headlock thing where he like, <laughs> like wrenches down that. on it, and he kept doing it, and he kept doing it, and it went on forever. And he did I've it. never seen that since. Yeah. I mean, that's the first time I've seen it, and I've never, you know... Right. In my whole time watching, yeah, and he, and he did it. Kind of did a similar thing. He did the the punches on the mat, like punch him in the head, and he just kept punching him, kept punching him. Yeah, so, yeah. It was it was very one sided. Yeah, but it was fun because it was it was Lawler. Like he, he yeah. do that kind of thing. And something to the effect that you said before we went on the air here tonight is they do something in that match that helps out your first time viewer. Yeah, they plant a seed for a certain stipulation. That will come into play in a match later on. Right. You 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 brought that up. And I was like, you know, I didn't even think about why they would even do that. And they made mm. such a big deal yeah. out of is this a disqualification or not? To where it impacted the Lawler match. Yeah. But since it was so one sided, like you said, it made sense to put it there in the show. Yeah. For later on, and that's totally cool. Like. That's the one thing you could take away if, if you're even like a booker or promoter. Yeah. Watch this show just for that reason. And you'll you'll know what we're talking about once you get to the world title match later on. Yeah. That's all I want to say about it without spoiling the show. Sure. It was set up to where, like in this match, it was a little bit confusing at the time. Because yeah. I don't think the referee and the bell guy necessarily were in sync. Yeah. Um, so it was a little confusing for the audience as well. But... That actually drew more attention to it, which made you want to know exactly what happened. Yeah. And then two matches later, Jerry Lawler's doing commentary. He talks about it again. Yeah. And then two matches after that is the world title match where it pays off. Yeah. So it's like... Really cool, actually. Yeah, you're talking about like movie structure, and this is like exactly what you would do in a movie. You set it up, you'd, you'd revisit it, and then you'd pay it off at the end. And that's yeah. what they did. I, like I, don't, I don't know if it was intentional. But it like when you think about it that way, it seems like it kind of was because it yeah. ties the whole show together. Yeah, I can't imagine it was such a happy accident. Yeah. We're just looking at it through like any kind of rose-colored glglasses and right. trying to maybe grasp at straws to enjoy the show more than Make we might it, potentially yeah. have. Yeah, but right. yeah, I think it's there for a reason. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think so. 
but yeah, as far as the match itself, it was it was good. It was kind of middle of the road ish. Yeah. I would say I it, it's a television match. It's yeah. not it's not a super card match, so I can't rank it too high based on that. But even at that point, that was probably the most enjoyable match on oh, the card sure. so far. Easily, easily. Yeah. And then that there was a little bit of a time jump here. This is where the wipe came in, or one of them. Yeah, I wonder if there was anything on air. That yeah, made. that's what I'm wondering, yeah. if there was some stuff that we missed. But the next matchup was a women's tag team title match. Uh, the champs of Joyce Grable and Wendy Richter versus Judy Martin and Velvet McIntyre. Yeah, and Richter and Grable were known as the Texas Cowgirls, right? Yes. Yeah. So And no name for the other team, so... No. We may see how this is going, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. But interestingly enough, the baby faces, McIntyre and Martin, mm-hmm. both appeared in the first women's elimination match at the very first Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. And even though the other two, I know, of course, Wendy Richter had time in WWE, but she actually wasn't in that match at all. She was way gone by then. Oh, yeah. So, and uh, for me, that's the first time I've seen Velvet McIntyre wrestle in boots. <laughs> yeah, you were talking about that. <laughs> I didn't think about it until you had mentioned it, but they had, yeah, once you mentioned that, hey, she's wearing boots, I, I yeah. couldn't not notice it. Yeah, but, the, uh, you know, going into this match, I'm like, okay, we are in the female bathing suit era of yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Haven't even reached the glow area, which people understand what that is now. Yeah. And so I wasn't expecting much out of this match, but I got to say this match uh, overshot my expectations as it, to what I thought it would be. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I think it didn't have cuz I was kind of much mentioning this when we watched it. Like it didn't really have a focus to it. Like it was kind of all over the place. Yeah. Just kind of people coming in and out and doing stuff. Yeah. But the stuff that they did was really fun and there was there was a lot of energy and they were doing a lot of I wouldn't say high flying, but it was fast. Yeah, like fast paced the pace and was very the moves good. were good and they were back and forth and all over the ring a lot so, yeah and, good and, execution nothing yeah. too sloppy and not yeah. that any of them aren't pros but it just seems like yeah. you know and i've been watching the old primetime wrestling episodes too and some of those women matches are kind of garbage yeah. you know but this was a this was a high stakes match it was a tag title yeah. match and they turned up the heat and i enjoyed it and, and the, the other thing that made me laugh is i was you know, we kind of talked back and forth while we were watching this, and I'm I'm really bad at gabbing during matches, but because I should be listening to the commentary, I'm the worst. Me. But I even said, you know, I, I always wondered. I guess just because of the lack of, you know, the depth of talent in the women's division during the rock and wrestling boom. Right. So like, Wendy Richter is the de facto babyface, really, just because she's the youngest, and I guess potentially most. Uh, you know, appealing to men. Yeah. But she has always talked and acted like a heel. Yeah. And so I finally get to see that pay off because she's a massive heel in this match. Yeah. They're they're just deplorable, you know, versus yeah. the other people. And, you know, it, it was just neat seeing her finally as a heel because I've never seen a Wendy Richter heel match until right. tonight. So and she was, was she's really good at it because she's she's not she's she's big. Like yeah. she's bigger than a lot of the other She's, women she's athletic and, muscular yeah you know, like but not like huge yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i'm trying to say thank yeah. you for <laughs> making that a little better yeah. but it, but the way she talks i think is the thing that always got to me she's, is she's always angry yeah like even when she was with with uh cindy lopper in the wwf like cindy lopper was all happy and everything and yeah. when wendy would open her mouth it was like anger like, even when she's saying go get yeah. that moolah like i mean you know even she's, she's from saying, our area yeah. but man she is a redneck when she's saying <laughs> happy things and she's happy she still sounds like she's yeah. angry 
I'm gonna keep my yeah. belt. Damn it! <laughs> so it was cool seeing her uh, be the heel in this, along yeah. with her partner Joyce Grable. Yes. So yeah, solid match, and a finish you will not see coming from a mile away, yeah. especially in 1983, because yeah. all of the finishes so far are by the numbers. Yeah. First two matches. Wow, that's your finisher? Yeah. To the Lawler match. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that move in a while. Right. But to this one, like, this is like some, like, late 90s innovative tag team double teaming, you know? Yeah. I, I can't, I couldn't really, I could describe the move, but I'm not going to, obviously. Yeah. But that finish, yeah, you won't see it coming. It's, no. it's worth tracking down right off the bat just for this match so far. I, yeah, for sure. Easily, I think this was my favorite finish of the night. Yeah, so if you're if you're cherry picking off of these old shows, fast forward to the ladies match yes. so far, and that's where you're at right now, and you're watching status. Fourth match on the show, if you look at the little dots on the the network things. Yes. I love when they actually do have them ready and coded. Yeah. They don't have them ready all yeah, the time. Yeah, notice that. <laughs> and so that leads us right into the next match, which is we're just over halfway through the show. This is a man being billed as Dizzy Ed Boulder. Versus Wahoo McDaniel. And we all know who Wahoo McDaniel is. Yeah, Hall He's of Famer. the legend. Legit. And we all actually probably know who Dizzy Ed Boulder is, but I didn't. And here, I'll let you. I'll admit, like, uh, this was a, and I'll admit, it's like, I've heard that name, and it does sound familiar. And I'm looking at the guy, and I'm like, I guess I don't know who he is. So just looking at him when he came in the ring, I was like, no, but I'm going to Google him anyway because I feel like I've heard the name, maybe even reading old results. He's a big muscular guy, like well well cut with like this floofy blonde blonde mullet and this goatee going on. Yeah, so I was like, okay, he's put together. He looks very 80s, maybe even 70s. Yeah. So when you Google Ed Boulder with a U, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll fix that on my notes. <laughs> Thank you. You find out that Ed Boulder is actually Ed Leslie, Ed Leslie, a.k.a. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. <laughs> and it's still kind of like, no. Yeah. And then you have to pause it when they do the intro, when they really yeah. zoom in on his face like, yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah. Well, you even pause it, and when it was paused, I was like, I don't really see it. <laughs> yeah. But then he turns his head and he kind of talks to the crowd. I was like, oh, okay, I can see it now. Yeah. And I never, I never really Googled Ed Leslie. I guess I, I must have for something down the road, but I never went into the early career, and I just assumed, I don't know why, but I mm-hmm. assumed that he probably did a little bit of independent work and then just went to the WWF in 1985 or whatever, or late '84. Yeah. Because I just never really heard a lot about his old stuff, but, you know, and I was like, well, how long does the Hogan thing go back? Because, you know, for the, if you're listening to this show, you obviously know that Beefcake and Hogan are, like, super tight yeah. and, like, best friends forever. But come to find out that they were a tag team when Brutus and Hogan first broke in, and they billed themselves as brothers, mm. and to the point where people thought they were actually real brothers. So yeah. it was Terry Boulder and Ed Boulder. Yeah. And that's where the Boulder thing comes from. Yeah crazy yeah i had no idea about doing that that's really the most fascinating thing i could say about the match it's it's okay it's 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 okay at best right i would agree with that assessment it's like a few minutes waste of your time (laughs) (laughs) it's not that good no it's pretty terrible no (laughs) 
Yeah, I I don't really have anything to say about this match. And it's kind of forgettable, in my opinion. Yeah. I, so. I don't even remember what the finish was, so we don't uh, even have to worry about the spoilers. I wrote here. it down, but I won't say okay, what it was. Just show me later. Yeah, well, but the next matchup was has a lot of potential because it has a lot of guys in the match. It is a six man tag match. The then tag team champs, I believe, was it the High Flyers? Is yeah. that what we're called? Yeah. Uh, uh, Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel teaming up with Rick Martell or Ricky Martell, as, sure. as Either they were way. calling him, versus Blackjack Lanza, Ken Patera, and Jesse Ventura yes. with Bobby Heenan as their manager. Yeah, and the first thing I saw was Heenan with that jacket in the corner. I'm like, ah, yes, here we go. Business is definitely picking up when yeah. Bobby Heenan's in town. It yeah. will always be interesting. It never isn't. I mean, the guy made the brawler a halfway compelling character. Right. Like, at his peak. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, Heenan's here in the AWA at the time. And you really see where, you know, it's well documented in the AWA documentary that, that Vince really grabbed a ton of AWA talent. Oh, yeah. And, but, man, I was just like, I never knew that Heenan officially managed Ventura either. And yeah. they even said that he was in the stable at the time. So, yeah. There it is. And, you know, Heenan managed the Blackjacks when they were a tag team. Of course, he's going to manage Lanza. I knew about Patera already because he even managed him later on in WWF. Mm. But never knew the Ventura connection. I don't know why. I'm a fan of both of them. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's this classic heels versus baby faces. Right. High-flying, innovative, double-team tag teaming versus the big burly guys. Yeah, <laughs> That <basically>. everybody hates. <laughs> right, yeah. So it's, it's a perfect matchup right off the bat on paper. Yeah, on paper. I think... It, in execution, it was it was okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it for for the time that it went on. I yeah. think it may have kind of dragged a little bit here and there because they went back and forth a little, like a few, uh, quite a few times. A little bit, but it does give into that fun, unpredictable six man melee kind of yeah, thing. A, it, a few times actually. It, it built up well to the the finish, which like in any any and every modern match, it always finishes with this big melee going on. Yeah. And that's what this kind of ended up with, too. Yeah. Which did lead to the match being a little bit confusing as to what happened at the end. Yeah. Actually, very confusing, because yeah. they had to explain it. And semi-spoiler, I'll just say this, because you, you see, you know, I, I see this match in the ring being announced. It hasn't started yet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be really good. So yeah. I don't want the listeners out there to go into this match thinking this this could be really cool and a cool nugget in the, in the <laughs> network. Yeah. Apparently, for that particular event, they hired some future WCW camera operators because they yeah. they missed the finish. I'll just yeah. say it. They blew the finish on television, and you have to find out literally through some in-ring, unmiked storytelling yeah. what really happened. Right. You have to piece it together when it's over because there was that much stuff going on Yeah, that, yeah finish got lost in the shuffle which is ironic because at the very beginning of the show in like the first or second match the commentator rod chungard was talking about how good the camera work was yeah he put that camera work <laughs> there's over. a match going on in the ring he's like oh, man look at that camera work well that was the break a leg wasn't yeah, it <laughs> exactly thanks guys so so that paid off too later in the night so mm -hmm. yeah they that was on purpose ah it's my excuse. As intentional as that first seed plant was, right. huh? You're saying. Yes. So, yeah, the match, yeah. better on paper than in execution, but it was still an entertaining match. Yeah. It might do well at the end. We'll see. Yeah. The next up is the second to last match of the night, but it is actually the world title match. It is Nick Bockwinkel, the champion, with Bobby Heenan versus Hulk Hogan. Yeah. 
And I can think of a whole bunch of other super cards and pay-per-views. Well, not a whole bunch, but there's a decent amount. You're thinking, why is the world title match not closing? I mean, you've seen other world title matches not close the show. And they did a lot more back in the day. And for those of you who know why they did it, if I go into more detail, that also spoils the execution of how the show plays out, including the world title match. But I will say it happened a lot more back in the day than it does now. So it's not out of the question. Yeah, sure. But here, right off the bat, though, you know, we live in a day and age where they're not really feeding us Nick Bockwinkle, you know, like Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, and even to an extent, you know, Dusty, Harley. But I feel like Nick Bockwinkle, even though he's a big favorite of Hunter's, like he doesn't get mentioned as much. He's kind of the great world champion that doesn't get a lot of respect, especially from the new guard. And so I'm glad Hunter's a champion of Nick Bockwinkel because he is one of the best consummate overall wrestlers of all time. Yeah. And this match proves it. And what other piece of evidence do I need to point to, Chris, that Nick Bockwinkel gave Hulk Hogan a good match? Yeah, I agree. It was one of the better Hogan matches I think I can remember seeing, yeah. um, which says a lot. Yeah, he, he didn't start getting into that whole less is more thing until he won his first world title. Yeah. And even then he had a couple, those first couple of years are okay. Yeah, but yeah, anything after like '87, it's it's kind of sometimes hard to right. watch. Hogan, it's just it's the same match. But Bachwinkle was going to make sure that this was not going to be an atypical match. And you know, for all I know, he's an autopilot at this point because he's like at least a decade into his career. It almost kind of felt that way yeah. at times in the match because, like, we were commenting on when we were watching it. This isn't a spoiler, but Bachwinkle just kind of kicked out of everything. He got, he took a lot. He absorbed a lot of punishment, yeah, dude. And he just kind of rolled his shoulder up off the mat a lot, and yeah. just got like out of things. Which ever since the year two thousand, I've been calling that the Kurt Angle kickout. Yeah. Which it's not an animated kickout. Right. It is literally lifting your shoulder up, yeah. almost out of view of the camera, but you got it up. Right. Using as little energy as possible to get your shoulder off the mat. Yeah. Because he would do that. He would put his foot on the rope a num- a few times, I believe. Yeah. And he kicked out of stuff you thought it was yeah. it. Like so, just just right yeah. on with without any other kind of leverage, he just kicks out. Right. Which shows he's a smart wrestler because yeah. he's not expending energy. Yeah. To do it. There was a little bit of controversy in this match. Uh, some of it was obviously scripted, but some of it seems like there was a miscommunication or something. Oh, yeah. 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 There is... Uh, they use a special referee in there, yeah. and, you know... Lord this, James Blears is yeah. the uh, special referee. I, and I looked up this guy's bio. This is not a guy I'd want to piss off, even in death, because right. he just left us about a year and a half ago. <laughs> but he's he seems like one of those guys that was like a legit tough guy. Yeah. He was in the Navy... He was, he's a professional surfer, which those guys aren't pussies, <laughs> first of all. I mean, they're, they're not. I mean, like, I, there's I, a I'm discipline. I'm saying they yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> he's, he's waving at me like, <laughs> but, and he, he used to be like roommates with Stu Hart. That right off, oh, that right yeah. off there scares me. Yeah. So, this guy was a beast in his day, but yeah, yeah. as a referee, kind of like, uh, I'm going to reference this that we're going to review down the road here. At the very end of 1990, they used Dick the Bruiser as the special referee for the world title match in Starcade 90. Okay. And it's a train wreck because he's not at all a referee. Right. I will say, this guy was a better referee than Dick the Bruiser. So now right. you can expect terribleness wow. once we get to Starcade 90. But... 
there is just that one point in the match where you really notice him as the referee, and that's when he yeah. fucks up. It was only one thing that I that he really did. Yeah, but it was super obvious, and he tries to defend himself. They have they pull him into the booth. Yeah, in the, in they do. the main event. Yeah, and he tries to defend what he did. But I like that he buries Hogan during. Yeah, it, though. Exactly. that was the best part. <laughs> but you can't like it was just he messed up. He screwed yeah. up. It, it it's one of those things where. We as wrestling fans, we ask for so little. Right. <laughs> we're we're giving you all of our suspense of disbelief. Right. Because we're fans and we want to be entertained. That's the that's the verbal and nonverbal contract we have signed. <laughs> it is both of those, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever it's like, wow, that's really fake. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> whenever you put whenever those things happen, right. it just kills it. Yeah. It just kills it off. But that being said, the crowd was real shit hot during it. It was the psychology was overtly decent. Yeah. So I still liked the match. That being said. Yeah, and I think I mentioned before that it was a controversial finish. What we were just referencing was not part of the finish. So the controversial <laughs> finish actually it didn't hurt the match really. It makes it memorable and it adds intrigue for whatever comes later with these guys. I'm sure. It worked for what it was supposed to do and as a match on its own it still works as well. Yeah. And especially like these are some of the shows that I actually don't have an advanced knowledge of any of the results. Yeah. So I like watching these shows strictly for that reason. Mm. So it left me a little surprised and I I dug that about it. I... It's it's a uh, it's a thing that would become quite the tradition later on in other federations. Once yeah, again, without yeah, spoiling, yeah. so you, some of you might know what I'm getting at here. But let's move on here, past the controversial world title match into the main event, yes. which has no titles involved. It's no. just strictly a grudge match, right? And a violent one at that. Yes, it is a tag team match. The team of Mad Dog Vachon and Vern Gagne. An odd ver- couple. Yes. <laughs> versus the Sheiks, I believe is the yeah. team name that they were yeah. going by. Sheik Adnan Alkasi ver- and Jerry Blackwell. Yes. Yeah. Who is not Middle Eastern. Yeah. <laughs> Alkasi is legit Middle Eastern, born in Baghdad, who may have ties to Saddam Hussein according to his autobiography. Right. Yeah. We don't know for sure, but it makes for a good story, doesn't it? Yeah, you were telling me about it, and I was like, okay, how much of that is actually true? <laughs> yeah. But you showed me the picture, and I don't know how well photoshopping or pre-photoshopping was back in yeah. those days. There's but no he, shadows on the nose in right. the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But there's a picture of him with Saddam. We'll Saddam get Jesse Aaron, on that. So. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that'll so, that'll clear things up. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> now we are going to get into a fight. <laughs> Uh, but the yeah uh so uh, the match it was kind of weird as a main event i guess because i don't think it it was a fun match to watch i'll say that i I think it's uh, for the times that is a good closer that's how we that's how we did it back in the day (laughs) i think to me i i guess what i'm trying to get is that if i was looking at this card not knowing what they were going to do on the actual show i would say that this should not have been the final match on the show. But I don't know about the, the grudges going into it either. So that could have played yeah, a big part. That could have been what their television was all about. It could have been. What would be a good equivalent for that nowadays that modern fans could reference? There, there's been a few of those things. I, mean, I guess uh, like putting like Strowman and Reigns over like a title match or something. Or, you know, something like that big 
match that they pay attention to more than anything else regardless of titles you know whatever they uh, put the most television into like the most time given where you have those programs where the world title picture is a little weak yeah so you give it to this thing over here so we've seen this before you know so that's what they did here and I gotta say, man, you, yeah, you had a bunch of old timers in there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, even at that point, Al Cassie's no spring chicken. Vern Gagne coming out of retirement to do this match. Yeah. Mad Dog Fashan is in the twilight of his career easily. So I'm really just kind of dogging these guys. I don't mean to. All due respect. Yeah. I sure as hell can't do it and couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But man, those guys, they know how to turn on the violence when they want to. It was yeah. just like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> And for, you know, I'm looking at this through 1983 goggles thinking this would be duly impressive, especially if I was watching it back then. Yeah. And it's not bad now. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's a bit garbage, but yeah, that's, yeah. And they never seem to establish, is this a no disqualification yeah. or not? But they let a lot of stuff go if it wasn't a well, no disqualification. Yeah. I don't know if they announced, I don't think they announced it as DQ, no DQ, yeah, but the ref kept admonishing them like he was going to disqualify yeah. them. But I'm like, for what? For the chair shot in the first two minutes? For the yeah. belt? What? Was the mic that? stand? The mic stand, yeah. yeah. Which one of the great moments of the entire show happens during that match? Yeah, yeah. So and it involves the mic stand. Just yeah. FYI. <laughs> so chairs were used. Mic stand was used. Uh, Alcasi had a cast on. That he used, and but yeah, and he had like he had a huge arm cast that yeah. would put Bob Orton to shame, right? And he had the one of those big hard rubber things around his fist. Yeah, I like that I'm doing the radio version <laughs> right. of the visual, <laughs> but of course that's going to get used as a weapon yeah. and could also be used against him, and yeah. it was right. And there was blood in the match. So. There was blood. There was injury psychology. I got to say, man, you know, making fun of Vern Gagne being a hundred years old and wrestling this match, but. Mm. Like, the guy could just go in there and play up to that psychology and have it work into the finish, regardless of if it's a win, lose, or draw, or what kind of revenge sure. he's after. Yeah. Getting his pound of flesh. But, you know, he was so crisp in his delivery when he was doing most of that stuff. I mean, he's definitely the wrestler of the bunch, as yeah. far as, like, classic wrestler. Oh, yeah. But when he would go there everything kind of had a purpose even in ways he would figure out how to going for a cover he does little things yeah. that you notice and it's like you don't see that in matches right and we're, we're still seeing stuff during this whole show where people are just giving sloppy covers shit covers and there's yeah. there's no reasoning by you know having any kind of greco thing or but every now and then when you see a guy do it it totally sticks out like yeah. that that's why watching a guy like uh, William Regal down the road was so fun. Even yeah. those little things like putting the forearm in the face yeah, and, and just like grinding it in as he's doing. Because a lot of yeah. people do that now. Yeah, but he would like actually move his forearm across the face as he was pinning him. Yeah. So watch uh, watch Al Cassie's arm the whole match. And yeah. You're gonna be you're gonna really have a good time there. Yeah. Al Cassie's gonna have a really bad time. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's a it's a fun violence match. Yeah. And like I said, for the time it it holds up well now. Uh, I didn't hate it. No, I, I actually enjoyed it. And I think even though I said that I would have switched them if it had been, if I was writing up the card, yeah, I think this was a good close to the show. It was a good release after everything else that had happened. Because yeah. it was different than everything else that had come before. Yeah. And it was uh, a lot more fun, I think, than a lot of what had transpired previous to it. Yeah. And like any well-done card, 
thankfully for their sake, the last two matches were the big crowd pleasers. Yeah. So definitely. I think they kind of pulled off a successful show. Yeah. Just kind of looking at it now, it's like I think people mostly went home happy that night. Yeah, and even watching all these years later, I think it was still a. It built up to a decent show by the yeah. end of it. And us not having seen any of the syndicated television Yeah, exactly. Before. Knowing nothing. I knew I knew less than you did going into it. <laughs> and that's saying a lot. <laughs> but let's get to the match rankings bottom to top, just like we always do. This is my favorite part of the show. All right. So there are eight matches on the show. Ranking in at the very bottom. We already mentioned it. It is Steve Regal, not that Steve Regal versus the man who will not be named. Moving up to number seven on the show is Dizzy Ed Boulder versus Wahoo McDaniel. Coming All due in. respect, Wahoo. And yeah. I, I think Brutus is underrated, actually. I'm sure they, they both had better matches but than this. Brutus hadn't got there yet, yeah. and Wahoo was in the twilight. Yeah, That's so one they of those were like things. ships passing in the night, and it just didn't didn't come together this time. Yarp. Coming in at number six was the opener that we talked about that was like a decent, fine opener, whatever. Yeah. It was Rocky Stone versus Brad. <laughs> Roman Reigns. <laughs> Coming in at number five is John Tolis versus Jerry Lawler, which, like we said, yeah. it was it could have been better. There were there were things in it that made it it could have been better. But we we mentioned the one sidedness of that match, which yeah. just kind of shows you how the other matches did overall yeah. in our eyes. So yeah. Jerry Lawler had a lot to do with our enjoyment of that because right. we know and love Jerry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then jumping up quite a bit in quality, I think I think there's a big gap in yeah. between these two. Uh, coming in at number four is the women's tag team title match of Judy Martin and Velva McIntyre versus Joyce Grable and Wendy Richter. Very enjoyable. And that was the front runner as it happened. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was the, kind of the, the barometer where we said, okay, is it better than this or worse than this? And then we just kind of moved it from there. Yeah. So um, coming in right above that at number three, because all these, I think this match, we had a tough decision between these two. Coming in at number three was a six-man tag match. Uh, Blackjack Lanza... Uh, Ken Patera and Jesse Ventura versus Greg Gagne, Jim Brunzel, and Rick Martel. And that's strictly because of the finish. I believe it would have contended into two yeah. if it hadn't been for that damn finish. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so once again, keep your low expectations, but it's fun to watch these guys move around. Yeah, for sure. And then coming in at number two is the main event tag match, the violence match. Mad Dog Vashon and Vern Gagne versus Sheik Adnan al Kasi and Jerry Blackwell. Not the fashion guy, uh, Jerry Blackwell. Is that a fashion no. guy? Mr. Blackwell? Oh. Okay, all right. Boy, that's a dated reference. Anyway. That, that's so old it could vote. <laughs> Coming in at number one on this show is the world title match. Nick Bockwinkle as the champ versus Hulk Hogan. And, of course, with Bobby Heenan at ringside. Always helps the star rating of any match. Yeah. He didn't make... Not, he, not he, so much in this one as he did in the other yeah, one. Yeah, he did make his presence known, but not as continuously as he usually does i think yeah and i think that's a lot of that's just respect for how much he loved bockwinkle i know he loved that guy yeah. and i think he's like i never would upstage him in a million years yeah. and he didn't yeah he didn't need to he didn't yeah. he didn't need to be in there to make it a good match no so. it actually did work on its own yeah so once again so as a show overall it's a 50 50 show yeah i don't know if we're ever going to get into any kind of percentages but mm-hmm. you're right the top four matches if you if you are intrigued, those are the four matches to go to. If you are a cherry picker, if you just want to watch a show you've never seen for two hours and change, yeah. 
it's not the worst decision you can make. Flip it on while you're cooking dinner or while you're doing laundry or something around the house and have right. it on. And yeah, I do that. When these yeah. matches come up, when you remember, okay, women's tag match. Okay, now I'm going to start paying a little more attention. Sit down and watch it. There you go. It's a good way to that, be. That's what we do. Do we have a suck barometer? I mean, <laughs> spoiler, I mean, this, December to Dismember is probably my suck But wouldn't barometer. that be at the bottom of it? Like, shouldn't uh, there be yeah. something that was not quite as bottom of the barrel that we can say, like, like we were using the women's tag match as the, the middle, middle ground. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, I'll think about it. Yeah. Teaser for later okay. on, so. Well, anyway, I hope you enjoyed our review here of Super Sunday 83. Chris, take it away with the plugs and we'll get out of here. All right, well, you can go to cnjradio.com for the Wrestling House Show and all of the great other podcasts and websites in the CNJ Radio network slash family. We have Rock Strikes 10 hosted by Joey over there. Want to say anything about Rock Strikes 10? Listen and subscribe to Rock Strikes 10 if you love music. There you go. And we also have another music podcast hosted by Randy. It is The Synaptic. Go listen to that for an eclectic collection of music. And if you want to, you can go to The Last Leader on the Left where there should be some good movie reviews and some podcasts hopefully at the time of this recording going to be coming out pretty soon the reviews are great chris i i read every one of them thank you, thank you and yeah if you want to get in contact with us just go to cnjradio.com think that probably the fastest way you can either email us but if you go to one of our facebooks that's probably the quicker way if you just send us a message we'll respond to that pretty quick every time yeah we love that kind of feedback if you were compelled to watch super sunday 83 because of our review and you thought we were right or wrong about anything yeah. on there, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. We like opinions. If you get angry at us for, for steering you towards a couple of these matches, let us know. Yes. And then we'll try to convince you why we were right. Just don't Google the guy we talked about and be mad at me later on. That's on you. Well, they're going to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. We couldn't get away too soon. not quite sure how to say this. Kim Bassinger? Ba- Basinger? Ringans! Ringans! Ba- Basinger? Basinger? Brad Ringans! Brad Ringans! We're gonna talk and laugh our time away. I feel it coming closer day by day. Life would be Yeah.